0: number three of the john and leah show my name is john Ziegler. my co-host is leah brandon each sunday we get together we talk about the news of the week we do so in an entertaining informative and unique fashion and in this particular hour we're going to talk about uh, the latest on the controversy involving the pope and kim davis and our listeners in louisville where we're on on whas my old radio station there are going to be interested in what i have to say about the uh, Quote unquote scandal involving the basketball program at the University of uh, Louisville. But first, there are some stories that are just too good to be truncated. And uh, the one that we've been telling uh, for the last half hour or so absolutely fits that description, especially on this weekend, the 20th anniversary of O.J. Simpson's acquittal. We're telling the real story of how and why O.J. Simpson is currently in prison for the wrong crime, but. For a crime that is directly connected to his original double murder of Nicole uh, Simpson and Ronald Goldman, the sister of whom Kim we had on in the last hour to talk about her new book, uh, *Media Circus*, and and as we've been discussing this, Lee, I've been astonished by the remarkable nature of your memory for specific mm-hmm. quotes uh, or quote unquote sound bites from our interaction with oj and disrupting his memorabilia his attempt to sell his memorabilia without giving the money to the goldmans and during the news break you revealed to me why it is that your memory is so good for this stuff
1: uh okay no 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 that's not exactly true i may have these very sounds on my desktop at home But I haven't listened to them in
0: years. Oh, okay. So, all right. So when you told me that you actually have them on your desktop, which I don't think I have. I, I have them somewhere. I wouldn't be able to find them very easily. But so that's good to know. I wish I had known that. Before the show, we could have played some of this. But I'm sure this eventually, eventually, Leah, if the show exists (laughs) long enough, we'll have another opportunity uh, to discuss uh, this remarkable O.J. Simpson story. But here's all right. So here's the crux of it. All right. And this is why it's important. It's not just a funny story. It's also directly related to why O.J. is in prison. So there was the first memorabilia show, which we totally disrupted and stopped from happening. Mm -hmm. That is created a rift between the two sponsors. Alfred Beardsley, who is a O.J. Simpson sycophant. I mean, a guy who loves O.J. Loves him. By the way, loves him so much, I think he knows he killed two people and doesn't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. He just loves him Because it gives him, you know, celebrity. Well, he was enamored by the fact that O.J. knew his name. And, you know, he—and Alfred's got issues. Alfred's got huge issues, all right? Yeah, he's a little dense. Uh, um, Well— nice is. nice guy but nuts uh he and the weirdest part was i would brutalize alfred both privately and publicly and publicly and he loved me <laughs> and he would come back he, all that would you be on the show tonight sure the night the night that he became famous he he was he did his only interview with us on kfi i mean, yep. and I'm, he called me i didn't call him he called me he's like John, I'm in big trouble. Can I do your show tonight? <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, you're world famous now, buddy. Um, that's not a problem. But anyway, so here's the, so just a review. So that that first event that creates a schism between Alfred Beardsley and Thomas Riccio, his partner. They now don't trust each other. And I later learn Riccio starts taping all of their interactions because he felt like Beardsley had screwed him over because he let John Ziggler destroy his attempt to get O.J. into the mainstream of the memorabilia business. So right. so without Beardsley, Riccio tries to do the same thing at a horror film convention, and we disrupt that. Now he gets away with it. He's able to do it but it's in the most low-class way possible. There's there's a, there's enough publicity surrounding the disruption that we created that he's never able to do, O.J. is, never able to do another, that I'm aware of, public memorabilia show. No one will touch him. He's toxic. Nope. All right, now that's important because they, he has no other way of getting income, ideally cash, because that's the way this works in these memorabilia shows, cash that he can keep out of the hands of the Goldman's who have won this $33 million civil suit against him. That he hasn't paid a cent of. Right, right, exactly. And so here's what ends up happening. So, infamously now, there is an episode in Las Vegas where O.J. Simpson eventually ends up getting arrested and convicted for trying to steal his own memorabilia and... For kidnapping in the process of stealing his own memorabilia. And the reason why that whole thing happened was that Thomas Riccio was trying to set up Alfred Beardsley. And it's all because of two things. Number, well, the, there's two elements that we helped create. We helped create the rift between Riccio and Beardsley and the desperation for them to do this in a Vegas hotel room. <laughs> And we forced O.J. to continue to deal with the dregs of humanity. Correct. He he couldn't go into the mainstream and do it right. He had to do it low class, and he had to deal with these scumbags and nut jobs like Riccio and Beardsley. So what happens? They try to basically fool Beardsley, into coming to the hotel room with O.J.'s stuff, not telling him O.J.'s going to be there, and then they take the stuff that Beardsley believed was his, although I'm not even 100% sure whose stuff that really was, and here's the key. Because of the rift between Riccio and Beardsley, Riccio tapes the whole thing! (laughs) Durr. And that's why O.J.'s in prison! Because, How'd that work, Nixon? Exactly. Because <laughs> on tape, we have O.J. saying, get out the gun. You're not leaving here. i know not sure that's the direct quote, but it's close enough. He, he, he refers to the gun, and you're not leaving. In the law, that's kidnapping. Yes. And that's why O.J. Simpson is currently in prison. So it's a direct result of the civil suit being won by the Goldmans, them not giving up, and us creating a rift in the relationship between the two people who were willing to do, the only scumbags, willing to do business with OJ Simpson. And by the way, I, you know, I, I think I'm, I have a pretty good track record uh, on these types of things, but the, I don't know if you remember this, Leah. The very night we had Alfred Beardsley on, that first night, and when I, the moment I heard about the story in the headline, I heard Las Vegas memorabilia heist OJ Simpson. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, my God, it's got to be Alfred (laughs) (laughs) Bearsley And sure enough, like two hours later, he calls me, John, I'm in big trouble. I can't believe this happened. (laughs) Can I come on your show? So um, that night I said, O.J. is screwed here because on the law, on the law, it's, he, it's very clear. The facts were terrible. I mean, he, I don't think OJ really did all that much that was that wrong or that illegal. But on the law, because they had the tape and because of the gun and the reference to you can't leave, he was screwed. And, of course, he wasn't going to get any, you know, OJ justice. Sympathy. No sympathy from the judge or from a jury in, in Las Vegas or anything like that. By the way, I, I will say um, – The person who really got screwed, and I don't know if he's still in prison or not. Uh, It would be a great story. Uh, But there was a poor guy who O.J. picked up on the way to the hotel room who ended up getting convicted and doing jail time. I mean, can you imagine? Is he still in jail? I don't know. I don't know that. But that guy really got screwed. Uh, Because, I mean, it, it was, you know, did you ever see the movie Life of Brian? Where, oh, yeah. uh, where where Brian ends up getting crucified by accident? <laughs> well, yes. that's basically what happened to this poor this poor guy's in a Las Vegas casino. He sees OJ. Hey OJ. OJ says, "Come with us." He's like, "Sure, I'm with OJ." And all, next yeah. thing he knows, he's involved in a kidnapping and a and a heist, and he's in prison. Well, uh, you hang out with OJ, you right. know. Lie down with dogs. Exactly. Well, again, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy. I, I'm I'm willing to make a huge exception for my normal rules of justice, uh, because OJ deserved this one. But that's exactly. the that's the real story. The one that the media you know, the media is so dumb and they don't even understand how and why this happened. But this no. was a classic example. And I've I have lived this in many stories. I'm living on the Penn State story. Where you have to put pressure on people. When people are under pressure, eventually they will screw up. Now, it's possible that no one's going to notice. But sometimes they're being audio taped. (laughs) Sometimes they're being audio taped because a rift has been created by previous (laughs) pressure. And that causes them to go to prison. And that's when you win. That's when justice (laughs) gets through the back door and sometimes wins. And this time, Leah Brandon... We won. Uh, so, <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. So that's
0: the story of why and how O.J. Simpson is in prison. And thank yeah. you, Leah, for your help in all that. Uh, oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, it was uh, so much fun coming along. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I want, you know, last week we talked about what uh, song I want played at my funeral, which you refused to agree to. I want yeah. I want that on my tombstone, by the way. That, <laughs> uh, my, my role in the O.J. thing, I want on my tombstone because I no one knows about it, or very few people do, and I, I really think that this is the story where we had the most impact i would be
1: willing to play the audio at your funeral stop Uh. blocking my way
0: (laughs) (laughs) well again no one's going to be at my funeral it's going to be like lee harvey oswald's without the media coverage so don't worry about it all right when we come back we got to talk about the pope and kim davis and what i think really happened in that whole deal on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And last week we talked about how when Pope Francis came to America, he was he was a rock star. The, oh, yeah. the media loved him. He's He's pro illegal immigration. He's he's pro global warming. warming. Right. I mean, he, he doesn't embarrass us about abortion. He doesn't really talk uh-uh. about it. Doesn't we didn't think, care very much about gay marriage, and he wasn't gonna yeah. throw that in our faces, and the liberals loved him. Then all of a sudden they found out he met with Kim Davis. from kentucky the uh, anti-gay marriage crusader there in kentucky and all of a sudden the left got their panties all in a wad tell us about that leah
1: yes well the thing is uh pope francis did have a meeting with kim davis and it was kept secret from the media we only found out on the plane ride home the pope was asked if he met with her and he said yes then Kim Davis' attorney confirmed the meeting and said the Pope told her to stay strong. This, as Zig just said, set off a firestorm in the liberal media with most calling Kim Davis basically a liar. This got so bad that the Vatican uh, refused to even confirm or deny whether a meeting took place until finally they did acknowledge, yes, he met with her, but then there was a statement released from the Vatican. The Pope did not enter into the details of the situation and his meeting with her should not be considered a form of support of her position in all of its particular and complex aspects. So the media didn't really back down even with that. So finally, someone tweeted, this is a close advisor to the Pope, sent out a tweet saying, "Um, the Pope was exploited by those who set up a meeting that never should have taken place Hmm. and then the pope uh did say that he has regrets about the meeting
0: all right now it's interesting this is a rorschach test as many news stories are for your political beliefs and at first i wanted because it fits my worldview i wanted to look at the pope as hypocritical politician you know, in other words, kind of like a, a rhino, where pub, yes. publicly he's wants to be loved by the news media, but behind closed doors, he's really more conservative. And you know, if, if it's not going to cost him anything as far as media love is concerned, he'll give support to a Kim Davis. That that's the that was my first inclination. All right, um, and there's nothing that you said there that necessarily disproves that and of course you kind of have to believe the pope is a liar which all right maybe he is because he's a politician that's what the pope has become he's a politician yes i I now believe a bad one i I now believe and i'd be curious if you agree with me i now believe that like many stories the truth is somewhere in between kim davis's version and the pope's version uh, and I think it's it's a classic situation because I've been involved in some of these deals where you meet someone who's famous. Right. And mm-hmm. everything that Kim Davis said might be technically true. Maybe when they met, they were alone. And maybe you know he did say stay strong and he gave her a rosary. All of that could be true and certainly sounds consistent with a guy who's trying to give her support. Right. But you could also look at it and go. Well, wait a minute. The, this might have been part of the Pope meeting dozens of people within the same basic period of time. The definition of alone is somewhat subjective. And the Pope may not have had a clue who he was really meeting with because he's the Pope. Believe it or not, Kim Davis is not headline news in Rome. Uh, so I, 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 do you, I'm. yes or no, you agree with me? No. Really? Which, which version do you think? Is more no, true. I, I think he definitely knew who she was. All right, we'll, 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 we'll revisit this when we come back, because I and then we'll get on to other topics on the John and Leah Show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. She comes at us live from Alabama where people care about their guns, Jesus and college football. I'm broadcasting from North of Los Angeles where people barely even care about themselves. And we're talking about this uh, hubbub over the meeting between Pope Francis and Kim Davis from Kentucky, the anti-gay marriage crusader. And I'm fascinated about this Leah from two perspectives one what it says about the Pope as a political animal and I think it says a lot especially the level to which he has thrown Kim Davis under the bus there was no need there was no 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 need for the Pope to go beyond that first acknowledgement that the meeting occurred and this was not necessarily an endorsement that would have been enough But apparently they're so concerned about being loved by the media, and the media wanted more from him, so Mm -hmm. he had to go even further than that, which to me exposed the Pope as, uh, as a politician as a liberal politician that's all it that is That's all it's
1: that's all it's about I mean if you can't stand up for someone to have a religious conviction what kind of pope are
0: you Right I mean it's almost <laughs> I mean the, the world is upside down in so it many is. ways but it this is. this story really shows how upside down it is Here's the pope spending most of this week desperately trying to convince the media that he's not a traditional marriage crusader I mean, How amazing is that but, but, but the other aspect of the story that I do find interesting has almost nothing to do with the politics or the pope. I, I am interested in the fact that two people can see the very same event and basically tell the truth in their view of it and have it be perceived totally differently. And I think, Leah, I do have a fairly unique perspective on this because uh, this might shock you. But some some people view me as a Kim Davis character, you know, the controversial crusader who might be seen as politically toxic that might stun you. But I I have been seen in that way. And I have had some high profile meetings with people. Like, for instance, uh, you know, back when I was Sarah Palin's de facto spokesperson. Um, and on the Penn State case, Hall of Famer Franco Harris and I have gotten together numerous times. We had dinner together in Pittsburgh recently. And, you know, there, there's certainly a, a, a similarity in that there's a potential political cost in perception for both of those high profile people to be seen as. As endorsing everything that I do, so they're willing to support me to a certain degree, meet with me in private, encourage me. Hey, good job! Keep up it all. Keep up the good exactly. work. Exactly. But in public, they're not going to, you know, do the the full embrace. And I understand it. By the way, I I am smart enough and savvy enough and realistic enough to fully acknowledge and support it. I've and I've told I have told both Franco Harris and back when I was involved with Sarah Palin to do exactly that do what you need to do to protect yourself i'll do what i need to do you do what you need to do and and thankfully neither one has ever gone as far as the pope did it's with, unbelievable. with with kim davis but do you understand my point which you disagreed with in the last segment yeah. that that the pope might not actually be lying he might there's just there's no way really there's no so way so you're positive that the pope is lying listen
1: on the plane ride over, the Pope is aware of the one of the biggest stories uh, going uh, well, on well, in America. Well, well,
0: hold on a second. That see, that would be a rational presumption, but in my experience, uh uh-uh. uh, Leah, he is no. From, it's about religion. No, 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 Leah, religious Leah, choice, Leah, Leah, Leah. First of all, if there, the number one thing, seriously. The number one thing I have learned in my numerous experiences with high-profile people involved in major news stories is how little they know about what's really going on. The Pope is incredibly busy. He is incredibly isolated. He's in a bubble. He doesn't know anything that his advisors don't want him to know he's getting ready for a major overseas trip, his first trip to America. He's got numerous speeches to do. He is busy. I don't think it is a stretch at all that his knowledge of Kim Davis was rudimentary at best, and I mean that sincerely. Well, his
1: knowledge of uh, how to talk to the Congress definitely covered don't bring up abortion and don't bring up gay marriage oh that's so true. i'm sorry if you haven't been prepped on kim davis that's bs i guarantee
0: you he was eh, I, I disagree i i think that it's quite possible now, granted, again, I've already criticized him for throwing her way more under the bus than he ever possibly needed to do, and he clearly did that to placate the liberal media. That's obvious. That's awful. It's awful. It's just awful it's, what it's, he's done. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I'm talking about this purely from the human interest standpoint of how two can remember, Kim Davis is also very prone to exaggerating the event because— You know, two months ago, no one ever heard of her. All right. and, And now she thinks she's the biggest thing that's ever happened. She she now starting to believe, oh, my God, I'm in front of the pope. He's telling me to stay strong. This is clearly an endorsement of my of my work, although she didn't technically say that. But that's clearly what the point was. And also she has a freebie. She has a freebie as far as making a story out of this because obviously when it comes to you know weight class the pope is like, like a thousand weight classes higher than Kim Davis so she, her camp knows they can say whatever they want about the meeting, and there's very little chance that the Pope is going to even respond. Of course. He, well, guess what? Well, but they didn't. <laughs> I don't think they they realized how much blowback the but, liberal media was going to get. But
1: it's not like they said anything outrageous. Stay strong. That's all. That's all right. that they said. He and said by, and, those two words. And by the
0: way, I think that was probably exactly what happened. Oh, however, that's me
1: too. However.
0: I think the Pope probably said that to a lot of people on his trip. I think the Pope said, "Stay strong," and gave a rosary to a lot of people while he was here in in private or semi-private meetings. Uh, I, I truly believe that because uh, that these these people, they're politicians, these high-profile people, they do cattle calls all the time. You're, I mean, it, you know. No, I, it, it, I
1: agree with that. I agree with that. Right. Uh, you know, uh, just the fact that. He has completely changed the church. It's a different message. This pope is just ugh. Oh, this just really infuriates me. That uh, you know he doesn't even stand up for religion for a conscience uh, conscious objection if it's a religious thing. Not I'm not saying she's right.
0: Right, but it's the Pope. No, I get (laughs) Leah. Good God, Leah. In the big picture, you and I are 100% in agreement. I just, I I just think that from a human perspective, you cannot underestimate uh, the importance of the the bubble. The bubble. You can ignorance. Yes, the bubble and the ignorance of high-profile people is mind-blowing. Mind yeah, blowing. Right. All right, and I, and I and that's I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. It's the number one thing I've learned in dealing with them. Um, so just you know, I'll ask you to. I don't usually do this, but just trust me on this one. All right, uh, and also, I, like I said, I've kind of been in Kim Davis's position a couple of times. I, speaking of Kentucky, when we come back, there's an interesting, potentially emerging sex scandal at the University of Louisville that has. Um, it's reminiscent of some other recent stories involving college sports that I've been intimately involved with. So we'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the free speech broadcasting network. final segment of this edition of the John and Leah. Show. Oh, my name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. One of the 16 stations on the free speech broadcasting network is WHAS in Louisville, a station where I was once a talk show host who was uh, infamously fired and then sued and then won <laughs> very dramatically in that defamation suit unanimously. Uh, and this week uh, Louisville, uh, at least at the end of the week, was involved in a potentially major sports story that could yeah. theoretically cost the University of Louisville their 2013 NCAA basketball championship, although my gut tells me that's not going to happen. But Leah, give us a little bit of the details on what's going on there.
1: Okay, so the University of Louisville is under investigation by the NCAA. This is for how they recruit their basketball stars. There's a brand new book. It's called Breaking Cardinal Rules, Basketball and the Escort Queen. Now, this book says that a woman named Katina Powell was hired repeatedly by the former director of basketball operations, Andre McGee. He's now at another school, and he's also on administrative leave there because of this. Now, Louisville found out about these allegations in August and immediately notified the NCAA. Powell claims she and her daughters provided entertainment for 22 parties from 2010 to 2014, and that she and her daughters, along with other women, participated in sex acts with the recruits.
0: And the the point of this is that this supposedly was done to get the recruits to come to the University of Louisville, and if this was true, it would be kind of hard to argue that the University of Louisville, at some level, whether it was within the basketball program or somewhere in the athletic department that they wouldn't know about it. That would be really hard to understand how that occurs because that takes some money and it takes some planning and it would be hard to understand why anyone would do this on their own. Although I guess it's theoretically possible. All right. So that's the allegation. Now I come at this from a pretty unique perspective, uh, from a number of different standpoints. Number one, I used to work in Louisville. Number two, uh, I know the media there. I knew Rick Patino a very little bit. Didn't like Rick Patino as a as a person. I liked him less when he got involved in his own sex scandal, which the media yes. which the media there in Louisville who are sycophants for Rick Rick Patino was all too willing to help him out of even when Rick Patino used 911 as a crutch to help him get out of a sex scandal. That was really that was rich. Um, and, and and you know and to be fair to Rick, I mean what he was referring to was the fact that his he had come to the University of Louisville after 9/11, after he had lost his brother-in-law in the attacks of 9/11. But I thought that was inappropriate for him to use at the press conference uh, where he was defending himself and his own sex scandal. Uh, so I'm not a fan of Rick Pitino as a person, though he is a great basketball coach, and I have enormous respect for the U of L basketball program. Been to many of their games when I was there. It's an extraordinary. You know, it's very. It's very similar. You know, U U of L U K is basically the basketball version of Alabama Auburn. I mean, that's ah. that's basically what, and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, I, that is that is a perfect analogy. All right, so you got Alabama Auburn, and you got U of L U K in Kentucky. And well, then so, they have to do what
1: they got to do to recruit. You know what I mean?
0: Well, see, that's why on paper this allegation seems to makes sense because you have you have the the elements needed for a scandal like this you got to yeah. have you got to have huge passion right you, you yes. got you got to have huge competitive situation where we got a yes. neighbor UK fighting We're for We can see them in the top right fighting <laughs> for the same recruits UK's getting everybody because uh, <laughs> they got Calipari you got Calipari and Patino who are very competitive uh, they're they're at a very high level so on the surface that makes sense a little bit. It certainly makes more sense than the other reason why I come at this story from a unique perspective, and that is for the last almost four years, I have lived, literally, the Penn State scandal, and the Penn State scandal never made any sense because for a number of reasons I don't have time to get into, but in comparison to what is being alleged at the University of Louisville, Penn State makes no sense because Sandusky was retired. No one cared about him. It didn't fit with Paterno. Boy, Italian coaches with peas, right? But yeah. it, it didn't. It didn't fit with Paterno's mo. There was no incentive. Why were the kids putting up with this for Penn State football tickets during a time period where Penn State sucked? And they've got a hundred 100,000 plus stadium tickets are not hard to come by. They're not going to be kids, 15 year old boys are not going to allow themselves to get raped by an old man for, for, for tickets to a a college football game. I mean, among a million other reasons why the the story never made any sense and there was never any evidence for it. Now, that being said, so the reason why I, I find this relevant is that I am somebody who is probably wedded to believing the story. One because it makes more sense than Penn State, which is all boulder dash, despite what the media told you, and two because I don't really like Patino, um, and I don't like the media there because they they screwed me in that trial. They're, I mean they, these are these are not journalists in Louisville. No. Um, so um, they're sensationalists, right? So well, they're incompetent. But but here's the bottom line, At, and then I don't know the details, and I will am open to changing my mind. But as of right now, I don't believe it. And I don't feel strongly about that. I will admit that I, you know, you know who told me it's all bullcrap? Our, who? Our good friend Jim Bullitt. Oh, uh, Jim, he, Bullitt is it Jim Bullitt knows. Jim Bullitt, former media member in Louisville, who was a key uh, a person who testified on my behalf at the defamation trial, which I won, probably the reason why I won the trial. Even though it, the, the truth was number one, Jim Bullitt was number two. Um, He's a good Jim, man. Jim sent me a long email today telling me exactly why he thinks the whole story is bullcrap. Um, which I that was enough to say, okay, all right, I, I'm willing to to wait and find out what the facts are. Now that's where I found the, the element what's going on there at Louisville fascinating because. At Penn State, we didn't wait for the facts to come out. (laughs) Within three days, we destroyed a man's entire life, 61 years, fired him on for the phone, referring to Joe Paterno. He ends up dying. Tore down the statue. Well, yeah, that was a year later, but almost a year later. Almost a year later, but he dies a couple of months later. I mean, the entire community curls into the fetal position and says, Thank you, sir. May I have another? Forget about the facts. Forget about this fact that the story makes no sense at all. We're going to plead guilty just because the media wants us to because we want mm-hmm. out of this. Now, well,
1: okay, so back to this one.
0: Um, but, but, here's here, the... here, here, hold on a second. This, but that's the juxtaposition. At Louisville, they're not doing that. They come out and go, this is horrible if true, but we don't know if it's true. We're going to wait for the facts to come out, and what's really interesting is the Louisville media is rallying around the basketball program, which is different than what happened at Penn State. At Penn State, the local media attacked because they all want to move to Larger markets, because state college is a tiny little market. Louisville's a medium market. Those people like living there. They want they want their jobs, and their jobs right now are benefited by defending U of L basketball because U of L basketball fans don't want to lose the 2013 national championship. They don't want to lose Rick Patino and they don't want to lose a good thing going. And they know if they get if they get slapped by the NCAA, UK is going to dominate for the next decade. So the media there is smart enough to realize it's in their self interest to back U of L and their narrative is, well, boy, this story doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Well, where was that with Penn State? That didn't make any sense either. It made a hell of a lot yeah, less but sense than had, U of L.
1: Yeah, because you had the guy that saw the thing in the shower and no, it, no, no, it was no, over.
0: No, well, but that's not what happened. I we, know, but we, it
1: was over after we, that. But we
0: didn't wait to find out the, the, the context and the facts that were not backing that story up. That was told as if it was gospel by the news media. And now- I'm positive it never happened. In fact, the, the kid that was there has said numerous times it never happened. So uh, but what were you going to say about UofL as far as the, this particular oh. allegation?
1: Okay. Well, the thing is, you know, this Katina Powell, Yeah. Uh, this woman is getting 10% of all the book sales, right?
0: I would assume so, yeah. I mean, it's a, it seems like yeah. it's, an ap- it's a for-profit uh, venture, yes.
1: Exactly. She's getting 10%. Here's the thing. I figured this kind of stuff was going on all over the place, all over the place. Well, I mean, how else are you supposed to get these recruits? Right. Okay, you could build up your athletic, uh, you know, place, but you want to take them in and show them a good time.
0: Well, it's you know, young men. You know, it's interesting. Well, that's part of why I said that this story is far more believable than the Penn State story uh, because it makes it's it's literally natural. The Penn State yes. story is literally not natural, even from a physical standpoint, but but the U of L allegations are clearly as natural, quote unquote, as they get. But here's this this is kind of be, going to be a bizarre analogy. It's a little bit like Kim Davis and the Pope. Hear me out. It I think it's plausible that something along these lines happened, but that. It's being interpreted differently or more in a far more nefarious way for the purposes of a book. Let's, for instance, say, let's say there Correct. were parties. There were parties, there were girls, and maybe somebody had sex with somebody. Right. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a quid pro quo or organized by the University of Louisville for the express purpose of getting that person to go to Louisville. That's a stretch.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: and you want to s- entertain the recruits when they come. And I agree with you. It's amazing to me. When you just look at it, you got, you know... 17-year-old, 18-year-old boys who are horny as hell. You yep. got pretty girls who are enamored and want to help out the program. Mm-hmm. Stuff's going to, to happen. To, to quote Jeb Bush, <laughs> stuff happens. Stuff happens. <laughs> stuff happens. I mean, in that situation, stuff happens. Um, so I don't know exactly what stuff did or did not happen, but my gut tells me that uh, L is going to – Circle the wagons. They're going to defend themselves, unlike Penn State. They're not going to fall into the field position, and Patino's going to be okay, especially since the media there in Louisville loves him to loves death. Him. Yeah, they, that's it's you know, it's it, it's not, like the Alabama media ain't going to turn on Nick Saban until he goes, Heck you know, no. they, until he goes five and seven a couple of years, which ain't going to happen. All right. You Leah, know the
1: Pope would say, stay strong. All right.
0: Have a good <laughs> week, Leah Brandon. FreeSpeechBroadcasting.com is the website. Podcast tomorrow. Until next week, I'm John Ziegler. So long, everybody.